Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. My guest today is Adam Ventura, bass player for Kate Sobrano, John Stevens, Guy Sebastian, Delta Goodrum, Miss Murphy, and many, many others. Uh, we talked about his career, we talked about the uh, Sydney lockout laws and how that sort of decimated the Sydney music scene and what he and his friends are doing to try and reinvigorate the scene. Fascinating chat, cool dude. I enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. Cheers. All right, I think we're rolling. Sweet. Adam Ventura, Stevie. welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thanks for having me. Man, thank you um, thank for having me in your house, in your oh, studio. Right. Thank you. Um, so you've just come back from a rehearsal? Yeah, yep. just come back from a rehearsal, yep. yep. Um, just uh, rehearsing for a gig next week in Brisbane Yep. for the Australian Women in Music Awards, Yep. which is a pretty big deal. Yep. Because uh, it's all about women and, uh, and Indigenous artists but predominantly it's, it's very much about women yep um in music and music industry and and something that is acknowledging all the amazing women that in our industry basically yeah, and we're, we're playing we're playing with metanea and queen g for yep. a song that we wrote i think we're the opening performance yep so yeah we're sort of the fantastic is that going to be televised or no i don't think so maybe yeah. maybe maybe there'll, there'll be video of it on um on social media, but I don't. Yeah, for, I, for, there'll we, definitely be there'll definitely be some kind of video, but it's not it's not a it's not a television. No, that's thing. cool. Yeah, 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 we'll find it. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty hope, special. Hopefully, that right, let's it. uh let's roll it back, man, mm. to where it all began for you, mm. music wise, and yeah. um, you're from WA. Yes, yep. I am from Perth, Western Australia. Yep. From an entertainment family. I, yeah, well, yep. my my uh, my dad's a bass player and a singer, yep. and my mum. Is a dancer and dance teacher and choreographer and yep. dance educator. Basically, yep. she's been doing that my whole life as well. Yep. So uh, and my sister's in it. She was a dancer who went into kind of music theatre. Yep. She's musical too, but she when she went into musical theatre, I think she found that she liked acting, so she has ended up becoming an actor. Yep. But I kind of we always had music around the house. Yep. Like it was very pretty musical house with my instruments and stuff lying around and. Well, not so much. My yes, there were instruments because my dad, my dad was a player and stuff. My mum didn't play anything, but we always had we had records. We had like um, amazing records that they would play and sort of records that I've realised I've grown up realising that they're the classic records and also records that have influenced me massively. And then I still hold them pretty dear to to this day. And can you, you know. name specifically? Yeah, well, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, oh, and. Yeah. and um, George Benson and, yep. and uh, a bunch of jazz in there as well, yep. um, like Oscar Peterson and Miles and <laughs> and also um, like Santana uh, and uh, what else is in there? Oh, funny old stars and and uh, mad salsa and Brazilian music, like literally all the things that it's weird because it's all the kind of all the music, Jaco Pastorius yep. and um, it's a lot of fusion music. Yep. My old man was a bit of a fusion head. Yeah. So he had all of that too. Yeah. Um, and he would literally make a point of, I remember this when I was in primary school, 
who literally make a point of um, playing records for us, you know, and uh, and like sitting there, like my sister was a lot younger than me, but I was probably seven or eight, and on a you know a Sunday or whatever, and he'd sleep in because he had gigs at night, and he was working all during the week and everything, and he'd have a sleep in, and he'd get up and he'd play records, and then just to sort of go, oh check this out, and he'd play us a side of a record or maybe the whole record, and you know I used to sit there and listen to the whole thing, you know, like, <laughs> and some of the stuff I remember kind of being kind of like oh wow, and, you know, recognizing kind of that music and kind of digging it. And, it's so good, eh? That's you know, and I didn't sort of good. think about it at the time, but it was just sort of like feeding my yeah. ear, really. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was that was a pretty pretty cool. And then the, sort of the second I kind of popped up and kind of went, I think I want to play, play something that, you know, it was it was in my hands, you know. So, yeah. So my first instrument was a clarinet yeah. at 10. Yep. We did like a musical, they tested everyone's kind of musical ear at primary school. And about three or four kids got offered like recorder, flute or clarinet. Yeah. I thought clarinet was closest to a saxophone, which I thought was a pretty cool instrument at the time. Right. And um, so I picked up clarinet and then uh, basically started to play and kind of learned to read basically and everything. By the time I was in high school, I was sort of in the concert bands and all that, playing clarinet and I started to not dig it as much. Yeah. But by that point, I'd, I'd sort of identified the bass and my old band had dropped on in my lap right. and um, I know I just took to it like pretty quickly yeah because like, I was about 12 13 when he gave me that bass <laughs> and then by the time I was 15 I pretty much went that's it I'm gonna be I think I'm gonna be a bass player mm-hmm. and then by the time by the, the but he put me into some lessons with an amazing teacher um, in Perth who was um, very massive influence me influence on me a guy called Paul Pooley who's a world class bass player and teacher in Perth. Yep. And he um within a year I my dad was getting me a debt for us, like Greek and Macedonian gigs and Great. so I had no idea what I was doing and I was yeah. di- I was dying up there, snow stamina <laughs> hands chops dying. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that was the that was the beginning and it was great for my ear. Nobody would tell me what key we were in, what time signature we were in. Yeah, I couldn't speak. I don't speak Greek or Macedonian or anything. Right. So, um, kind of grew up in more very much Aussie environment, like English speaking environment. Yeah. Even though my dad was Greek, my mum's Aussie. We, my, 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 my dad was learning English while we were learning English. Mm-hmm. Basically, you just said then, you didn't know what time signature. Are we talking four four two four three four? Or we uh, did did that music uh, go somewhere? No, else? no, like nines and oh right, nines okay, and right, and yes, sevens and that's what I'm asking. Yeah, and, mi- and combinations, you know, right, like, right, so, you yeah. know, like it was, it was nuts. But I, I had grown up being at his rehearsals and going to gigs and stuff, and he was like, you know, it was sort of a part of that, the same thing as him playing, playing records, at home, like that. It was a was a was a, an, a kind of an event. But he used to also take take me to rehearsals and sound checks and, you know, the smell of stale beer and yeah, and stale it. cigarette smoke in speakers and in, yeah. in, in instrument Mixed cases which is a lot less the, it's a lot less these days than it used to be yeah, but that was yeah. very much as the smell of my childhood you know like I would go to him I would go with him to to sound checks and rehearsals and stuff and you know and then on the other hand I was going to you know like rehearsals and performances that my mum was putting on as well my mum used to do like dance for, for television and and uh, and all these big shows with her own school and, and bunches of dances and stuff. So yep. I'm very, you know, the entertain the music and the the kind of arts were very kind of heavy in our house. Yep. You know? I never really 
was a footy or a cricket yep. kid. I was yep. sort of, you know, doing that sort of stuff. I did do a little bit. Of, I played rugby in high school. Yep. But they kind of forced me to do that. So. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you yeah. have to do a sport. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. don't know why I chose rugby, but yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. I, enjoyed, I ended up enjoying it. So. Yeah. And you, you finished school and then went to... I went to the Academy, Academy. The, the Conservatorium of Music yep. in, um, at the Academy of Performing Arts in yep. Western Australia. Yep. And I did like a Bachelor of Jazz Music yep. there. Yep. Well, I did like a certificate, then a diploma, and then a, and then fi- finished my Bachelor. Yep. Took me a long time. I was gigging, like I said, I was gigging from sort of 15, 16. It's all good. We've got a, we got a visitor. Yeah. A four-legged friend. <laughs> Keno. G'day. Um, um, we basically, yeah, I, I was gigging so from before I went, before I finished school basically, so by the time I got to college I was sort of still gigging and everything and, you know, like it was just, oh, this is what I do in the day now and I'll try to do gigs at yeah, yeah. night and, yeah. you know, try to get more gigs and try to meet more musos yep. and I sort of, it sort of, it seemed like an obvious thing to do at the time and also the kind of music that I was, the music that I was into um, was kind of, I was getting into the sort of the jazz thing pretty heavily. And then I met a bunch of amazing younger musos who are some of the top, the best musos I've ever played with and some of my favorite musos in the world yep. um, that I was I was lucky enough to study with. And we're still, everyone's everywhere at the moment. Yep, yep, but, yep. Um, you know, I was very lucky to go through with some amazing teachers and some amazing students friends that we used to live together and play together and yep. and we had a it was a pretty amazing good you know, scene. yeah good time and, and yep. you, know, you know lots of practice a lot of jamming and then you know was, we were taking it to the gigs we were sort of trying, we were trying to do as much as we could play all day every day yep um you know i probably sort of there's a few subjects that i probably should have spent more oh. been a bit more into <laughs> but uh but i you know like i did enjoy so I did enjoy the kind of connection that I had to all the musos, and then I ended up sort of gigging with the, some of the teachers, and you know it was a it was pretty good. But before the last couple of years I was there, I was gigging like averaging eight gigs a week, and mm-hmm. like going up to ten and twelve gigs a week mm-hmm. while I was still studying. Yeah, playing with like staff and and my friends, and we were all studying still. And, yeah, and um, you know heaps of different kinds of music and everything but good paying stuff it was just you wanted to play it was a it was a it was a mixture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. it wasn't um because it was perth and perth is quite isolated it was okay. it was, it was uh, you know like your average kind of local kind of gig kind of yep. money i guess yeah 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 um and a little bit less we were kind of young fellas just having a crack and some crack. of the stuff wasn't really um wasn't really mainstream you yeah. know I was doing sort of cover bands as well so yeah, okay. I was making sort of the cover band kind of money gotcha. you know your average you know money but like then this some of this other stuff was more art music and yep, more gotcha. music and stuff gotcha. and um so we you know we we're just doing literally every gig we could get our hands yeah, on yeah. you know original music gigs as well and then but I sort of got I sort of ran a little dry I think of um Kind of inspiration a little bit. I kind of really wanted to play with um, a lot more Latinos, um, and there weren't as many. In, there was hardly any in that scene, especially at that time. It was kind of it really wasn't that. And I really loved that music. It was a really strong part. I was learning percussion, and I was learning, you know I was 
very much involved and and studying that music. So I'm, that's when I when I finished my course, I took off to Melbourne. Okay, and um and that's where I kind of got involved with a lot of that scene, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as sort of cover band function scene there and original acts and the funk and soul thing there over there as well. Yeah. Sort of just it, Melbourne became a, an extension of what I was doing in right in Perth. Yep. I moved there when I was about twenty three. Okay. And then was there for a few years. Yep. <laughs> I was a bit of a blur, but it was, yeah, right. it was good fun. Yeah, got through it. Oh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. amazing, you know. Like, I met, you know, all amazing, amazing musicians. Got to play with some great people. That's why I started playing with um, some of the more famous Australian artists. Yep. Um, so who, was the, who was the first? Um, so I sort of, you know, I backed a few kind of close to famous people, but then I... I hooked up with um, Phil Sobrano um, and I was playing with his um, indie original band mm-hmm. and sort of doing all the touring and the van and the, the trailer on the back and yep. doing a whole bunch of stuff and sort of via that connection I ended up playing with his sister Kate mm-hmm. who was um, wonderful, she was really beautiful, um, really cool person to work with, they're, they're very lovely people, yep. um, the band was amazing. Um, really, just all top end musos. Phil plays guitar, doesn't he? Phil plays guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And um, and yeah, so we kind of end up playing with them. But at the same time, I also um, hooked up with um, uh, Vicar and Linda Bull. Yep. Um, who I've always been um, a fan of as well. And, and this is after Black Sorrows for them? Oh, very much so, yeah. They yeah, were doing their own thing. They're doing it at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. I mean, they, you know, like, I think... Sorry, I'm got... just trying to plot a timeline. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. This, is, this is in, the, this is in the, like, the early 2000s. 2000, okay. So, right, now. Gotcha. so um, they definitely weren't with the Black Sorrows at that time. Yeah. I think it'd been a while since they'd been... Because they were doing their, very much doing their own thing and then yep. they would guest on other people's stuff. It's, they still do that kind of stuff. Yeah. With Paul Kelly and... Yep. and uh, Renee Gayer and yep. stuff, <clears throat> but um, they also they they were doing a lot of their own gigs, mm-hmm. and I sort of got into I was very lucky to get into their band, and there was just amazing players in that band, legendary players, mm-hmm. um, John Watson on drums. Mm-hmm. Oh um, man, I love that. Yeah. One memory I've got very early on playing is I got Daryl Braithwaite's Rise album, and John Watson plays on that, and right. I must have learned every. Every Philip, yeah, that that was my main practice yeah. album. That one, you know, yeah, yeah. He was and even because he played with James Rain as well, and yeah, just oh, awesome. Fantastic. He was, um, he was amazing. He wasn't, he was, he was, he was hard on me. At the beginning. Oh, okay, he was hard on me at the beginning, right? But you know, like I was full of beans and I had no idea, yeah, what you know where it was going. Yep, and he was definitely awesome in. <laughs> Giving me a bit of direction it's, as it's a cool to hear a story as a as a yeah. young muso yeah um and you know I think I think he grew to like me yeah yeah <laughs> I certainly I certainly really loved playing with him and you know by the sort of end of my time with them um you know it was it felt like it was pretty mutual like I you know I'd play with them all again in a heartbeat you oh, know awesome. they're yeah. they're wonderful musicians and it was but also there were other players in the band that were just top notch and people that were coming in and out of the band as well because yep. Watto was like off with James and another like I look at Rose Tattoo and you know yeah, like right, he's, yeah. he's he's everywhere and so like there were other musicians other drummers and other 
and guitarists that were just great friends of mine that I'd been playing with in the scene for years and then I was sort of playing with them with these great artists. I got to record, you know, record an album with them. And then, oh, great. Um, and then I sort of, I kind of got a little bit sort of lost in kind of what I actually, I forgot what it was that I was doing my aim, you know, at the beginning and that was kind of like, I sort of wanted to go travelling but I sort of got caught up sort of working, you know, and you sort of just forget and you kind of keep going. I right. really tended to spend... Would you call it a rut? Was it a well, rut? Well, I, I, think, I think it was a rut because once I realised that I'd sort of overstayed what I thought I was going to be doing there, I kind of went, oh, what am I doing? You know, what, 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 you know, have I, have I hit the point? You know, have <laughs> I hit the, the, have I really hit it? You know what I mean? What am I, what am I doing now? And I, I felt like I really needed to go and see kind of like for myself, um, kind of like my musical meccas. Cool. You know, which, um, very much in like kind of Cuba and Brazil. Mm. Um, I wanted to go to New York and they were the kind of main three at the time, like, you know, Havana. Salvador da Bahia in Brazil and New York. Um, I met my wife, my now wife, yep. on a on a bus journey in Brazil, wow. and um, and London sort of came into the picture as well. I was like, right, you know, I'd never even it never had never been in my mind, but that's one of the best music cities in the world as well. You know? Yeah, well, this I I spoke to Steve Marin a couple Mate. of weeks ago, and yeah, he they did a good story there. about yeah they did yeah and, and and yeah some of the stories he told me about London. I had no idea. Well, you've got all, uh, such no a, you've got like not only have you got sort of like amazing culture and musicians like living there, mm. but you've also got um, people coming through all the time. Yeah, as well, yeah. like incredible people coming yeah. through. The, you know, New York is like that. You know, you've got the, all the gods of music kind of like either living there or coming through, coming through all the time. Yeah, because there's cities that kind of got they're going all the time. You know, yep, like, yep, and yep. there's people wanting to go and see. Great music all the time. Yeah, you know? that's cool. But um, yeah, so that I sort of went away and uh, came back. And when I came back, um, it was like about the end of two thousand and five, I think. And Sorry, I, were you playing when you were away? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of, I was sort of, sort of jamming and sort of practicing. Right, I yep. sort of, I, you know, I thought I might never come back, and then I. Right. Okay. And then, but then I sort of probably should have focused a bit more on. On actually working, you know, like, but I, I kind of ended up just kind of like absorbing all the places that I, I was in. So like I'm, my main hang was in Cuba and in Brazil and I was studying the languages and yep. studying the music pretty heavily. And, yep. and, you know, kind of picking up new instruments and um, I got into, I don't know if you've heard of Capoeira, which is like a Brazilian martial, martial arts. I was like yep. pretty seriously into that yep. and the music connected to that. And yep. So, you know, like I got involved in that kind of sense. And then by the time I got to New York, I just wanted to see as much of the music that was there as possible. Mm -hmm. And I had a great friend that sort of showed me around the scene as well. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I was amazing. It was really, really incredible. And I was staying in such a great spot. So, you know, I had a really good time there. That's great. Um, But, uh, you know, then the money ran dry. And then I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe I need to go home now. Right. And when I came back, and rather than going back to Melbourne or Perth, um, I landed in Sydney. Yep. Because I thought of, you know, I used to pine for the beach and the sun and yep. in Melbourne because I'm yep. a Perth kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought, you know, you know, it's a pretty big city and it's happening. And there's a lot of great players there mm-hmm. and 
a cool cool music comes out of there. Yeah. So you know maybe I'll, I'll have a look. You know. And yeah, I've been here ever since. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I ended up starting my family here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you us. did you and your wife come back to get this? Obviously before you're married, but did you come back here together? Were you here together? No, we you caught up after. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's we, cool. we sort of like I we sort of remained in contact. Yep. After we parted ways after Brazil. Yeah. And then um, for and then we sort of did long distance for a couple of years. Yeah, right. Until, cool. and then by the time, I sort of started working pretty seriously uh, with John Stevens. Yep. Um, and that was that was pretty amazing because that was kind of via my Melbourne connections and right. moved here and it was about a month after I got here. Um, I was asked to fill in on about eight gigs and that grew up to about 30 gigs. Yep. And that grew up to him asking me to, you know, what am I was, what I was doing next year. Oh, cool. And then, uh, and then that ended up going for over 10 years. Right. So that kind of connection with him. Right. And, um, yeah, so the first time she actually came to Australia, she came on the road with John and the Choir Boys and Ian Moss. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. Welcome to Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah, did, yeah. Did three and a half weeks on, on tour. Right. With a whole bunch of fully grown men acting like teenagers. Yeah, but right. uh, it was, it was um, amazing. And then she came back after that. So awesome. It was, um, yeah. And uh, that's, you know, that was... A couple of years, long distance, you know. Yeah. But yeah. she emigrated here, so. That's great. And then we sort of set up, set up roots here. Set up shop. Mm. Awesome. That's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the bridge version. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, okay, so from um, from John Stevens, that that all ended well. Yeah. 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 Yep. I look at you know, um, everybody kind of, kind you of know, like we wanted to, yeah, we we it's not so. Yeah, there's an element of that, like, you know, obviously sometimes, you know, you you can go so hard, you know, like, you know, we toured harder than anybody of, you know, like, I, it was really fun, the last, in the sort of the fifth and sixth year that we were together, we did over 200 gigs, um, touring pretty full on, in, 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 you know, like, eight per year, right. so, and it was, you know, it was, it was pretty gruelling, we were kind of out four or five days a week, you know, yep. I was pretty much jumping on a Plane, you guys gonna say was this planes or planes or planes, man? Planes and vans, you know, like you kind of we would go to the closest kind of large city with an airport, yeah, and then kind of go out and hit a whole bunch of a bunch of places, and then next state, right? Gotcha, you know, and 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 then there were corporates, and you know, and then there was international work as well. Yeah, we got we got around a bit, you know, we got to sort of Middle East and Asia and NZ and. UK, um, you know, a few times we kind of got a, got a, got around a bit, mm-hmm. but it was you know it was full on in Australia like you know it was a, and we because we were touring this kind of acoustic thing like mm-hmm. this show, yep, and it was obviously it was sort of more kind of really just everyone carries their acoustics on and yep, and we go you know, so from um, a to- from a timeline was this was this before or after in excess. Which was just after. It was after yeah, Excess, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he 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 left in Excess yep. and uh and recorded he recorded one album, like this rock hip hop album. Yep. And then then he recorded this um acoustic album. Um and the acoustic album just everyone sort of it was really well done. Like all the guys which were the guys that I joined joined in with the band, 
um, who recorded the album. Um, they did a great album. It was amazing, you know. It was, it was a, and I think they just literally went in the studio and just laid it down, you know. And uh, basically, um, yeah, basically we um, we just took off from there pretty much. Like mm. it was just, uh, I think it was an easy act to tour and um, just got really busy. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We just kept going and going and going, you know, yeah. like it was kind of, and, you know, you go through that kind of thing for, for several years, you know, we did, you know, we ended up sort of, um, post that the band kept kind of kept morphing and c crew would come in and come out and everything. I was there for pretty solidly from from two thousand and six, mm -hmm. uh, from the end of two thousand five, literally as I landed in, in Sydney, mm -hmm. um, and then um, and you know such great players mm -hmm. coming in and out of that band. Mm -hmm. But um, the 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 sort of last thing that was kind of the end of the regular the regular kind of full on touring was um, Danny Spencer, Johnny Saluna, myself and, and John, like mm -hmm. a quartet. Mm -hmm. And we'd either be acoustic with a stripped back drum kit or, or we'd strap on electrics and uh, you know, John was playing with with guitar too. Yep. And it was it kicked ass. It was like a powerhouse. Yeah. We were so tight from years of gigging, you know, like yeah. and we were actually recorded an album which is uh, I don't know. I think you can still get it on Apple Music or whatever, okay, like yep. called Changing Times. Yep. And uh, it's one of the best things I've ever done. Oh, okay. um, it was amazing because we, we sort of got, got together and we just started jamming backstage. You know, we it was after all these years and we just started kind of getting creative backstage on the acoustics and then we ended up recording. And then, you know, through it, John almost died. He had, you know, like had a, um, you know, had like a, had to have a triple bypass and all this oh, sort of shit. stuff like you know like he was had, had some sort of um uh, what do you call it so congenital heart kind of right. issue it was that it was sort of a, a gen a genetic thing in right, his family right. and um yeah because he was looks well he's a very strong yeah, fit yeah yeah, yeah dude, no, but, but like it's one of those things it's one of those silent kind of things yeah, yeah. you know like yeah. you, you might not know that you have it yeah you know? but he um he sort of you know he was sort of thought we all thought he was going kind of bulletproof, eh? <laughs> but uh, but like we we saw him nearly die on a at a gig because he was oh, just shit. the blood was gone from his face after, you know, and he sort of came back and that week he went to the went to the get 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 scanned and everything and then that next minute they they had him in emergency Fuck. and and it was it was you know and so you know we went through all that and then um, we finished the album and everything and sort of just kind of didn't quite pan out like you know yep. you know like it just things kind of took a couple of different turns and you know sometimes you know you know an artist might kind of feel like sort of changing things up in a way that kind of the easiest thing to do is kind of start again put the put the sound that he's using to the side and move on with something, something else, else you know I understand yeah. and uh so that kind of happened but at the same time I was I was also working with Guy as well. Yep. So I sort of ended up um, through his, his amazing guitarist at the time, Carl de Matago. Mm -hmm. Met him just playing in like a pub in Manly somewhere. Yep. Um, absolutely amazing musician. He's yep. much more into producing and recording now mm -hmm. and writing. 
But um, he, we did one gig together, and then you know, the next thing I get a call, and he's like, "Can you come play for Guy?" And I get there, and Terry Pye Richmond's on the drums, and you know, Clayton Dolly was playing keys, and it was this soul kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "This is great too," you yeah. know. <laughs> like, so, yeah. you know, it ended up and ended up sort of being because I was with John predominantly. I was sort of on and off that gig for a lot of years, but yeah, I was always in the wings. You know, were you were you on the gig for the Lionel Richie thing? No. Oh, I, no, right, yeah. No, no, I was... Because I was one of the times I, I wasn't with the Yeah, band. right, because I went and saw him, and, you know, obviously watching Terrified, and I don't think I knew who you were at the time, so... No. Yeah. yeah so that was, would have been Rowan Lane, I'm pretty sure. Okay, right. Yeah. And Carl and Adam Smith. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just awesome. And then yeah. Guy came out at the end and sang with Lionel. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. house down, man. Yeah. Everyone was like, yeah. Can, can sing. He bro. can sing, okay. Can sing. Yeah. Yeah, they can all sing, man. You yeah. know, like I, you know, I've yeah. been very lucky that you know all the artists I've played with, and you also, these not ain't even people that are the famous artists either. Yep. There's some, you know, local people in Melbourne that I used to work with all the time, quite closely, and people I've been involved with in, since Perth days. Yeah. And, um, some of the best singers I've ever heard. Yeah, you can you know, name to, them if you want to. To this day, yeah. always my yeah. brother Percy Robinson is yep. massive influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, worked with a couple of amazing singers in. In Melbourne, I'm quite closely with um, a woman called Nina Ferro, who's an incredible jazz and soul mm. singer. Yep. She spent a lot of years in in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then there was like Kate and Vicky and Indra, and then John, of course, John and yep. Guy. Yep. You know, so, and also like crew that I now, you know, the, the gigs that I do now, yep. I'm kind of involved with a whole bunch of people that, you, you know, some of the best singers you've never heard of yeah. kind of thing as well, yep. you know, because we're right. kind of like a lot more involved with, um, since coming to Sydney and being sort of on the, on the other side of being kind of session kind of music, I kind of have to keep my hand in kind of writing and composing music yep. as well and, and producing stuff. So, yep. you know, more and more I've sort of just been sort of working with that and I work with a couple of amazing artists like like the, the woman I was working with, Metanier, yep. um, Steve Marin's yep. um, wife. And, yep. uh, but uh, also... Amazing Ursula Jovich, who's mm-hmm. an incredible you know, national treasure, yep. um, I believe. World-class singing, acting, kind of creative right. soul. Right. And as well as there's a whole bunch of people like that I work with now, like Daniel March and yep. um, a woman called Ines and mm-hmm. Marcus Corowa and Mark yeah. Deshane. And, you know, like there's all these people that are, I, I run a gig every four Tuesday of the month just here at Lazy Bones in Marrickville. Yep. And we, uh, I we basically do a trio set with my friends, and then yep. and then we feature one of those singers, songwriters, yeah. singers, songwriters, right. and we play their music. And you know, sometimes they don't get much of an opportunity to play with a band, especially not like right. a pretty solid band. I'll keep an eye out for that. I'm, I'll come yeah, yeah. Every, yeah four, cool. every fourth Tuesday of the fourth month. Tuesday, yep. Yeah, we're, we're we're down here. Yeah. Next one, you know, I always said the next one's gonna be amazing because it's yeah. like <laughs> it's our it's incredible. Like you know, like I kind of live for that. That, oh, that one Tuesday, yeah, I'll, I'll, you great. know, yeah. but you know, like it's kind of just one side, you know, you kind of, you work and you do your, do your professional thing and then you kind of on the other side, you kind of want to have a little bit of a kind of creative yep. and kind of artistic yep. outlet where sort of the money doesn't matter, the money matters, I but it you. doesn't I know, matter, I know you know, you, I know you know, yeah. if you, when you, when you, when it, when it's your, your living, you, of course it matters and you've got a family and feed and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But um, it's nice to not have the um, to be able to kind of go. I'm 
working you know and then this one I'm sort of just 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 let it let everything go and kind of let, let it all come out you know that's cool which is um I suppose that's partially kind of coming from my a little bit of the jazz background I have to improvise music I have yeah. to kind of yep. make it up but obviously you know we kind of you can kind of it's it can be a bit complex with different styles of music and, but um, the musos that we play with on that gig are pretty eclectic and they all sort of it's a pretty wild gig well, it's cool that you've got a spot where you can all come together and yeah yeah it's really good yeah I look and you, you put you put that on that's yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. my thing all my music awesome. is basically my yep. my music kind of you know business or whatever and uh, and we and that's just a night we've been doing it every four Tuesday for the last four years mm-hmm it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool night. That's really cool. Mm. Now, uh, what's the Sonic Mayhem Orchestra? I saw oh, that's another, that that's, a, that's another um, band that I've been playing with the last yep. um, couple of years down at the same spot. Um, there was a sort of, the time I went, I, I studied music at uni and I you know, could read really well and used to play with big bands and, you know, and then once I kind of left, I sort of started following the kind of, following the dancers a little bit, you okay. know, and the singers and the dancers and being yep. a bit more, you know, involved in music that I didn't particularly need to use charts for. Or I kind of weaned myself off off, off needing to read. I, gotcha, I yeah. sort of, I, most gigs I, I actually try to memorise as much stuff as I can yeah. before I get to a gig because I feel like I can kind of be a bit more connected with the band and with the audience. Yeah. Um, some gigs you can't avoid it and you, you kind of, you know, but but you know, for the most part, you know, like sort of playing, sort of like pop music, you know, sort of covers that you, you know you played, or they kind of they they hang together pretty easy, and you can kind of listen to them a few times, and they sort of can it goes in, it sort of retains. It's sort of one of my things is I kind of retain songs gotcha. pretty pretty well, so I can just kind of write down the key and maybe the first chord of the bridge, yeah, and, gotcha. and then rock up to the gig and kind of do the gig, yeah, and you know people look at me like. What do you think you're doing with no charts? And you're like, <laughs> you know, talk to me at the end of the gig, and, yeah. you know, and uh, usually they're kind of like, wow, well, you know, my memory's not that good for anything else other than, yeah, other than, other than that. It's, it would seem anyway. <laughs> it's, it, but it, in my job, it works, you know. Yeah. But uh, my, because of that, my reading got really, really, really bad, you yeah. know. Like I actually got, would kind of go, because it's weird when you can, you know what you're looking at, but in a sight reading situation, there's a, bunch of like stress and anxiety that kicks in in the moment because there's other musicians around and you can count it in and you and it's very exposing really because mm-hmm. like oh you know it's a good way of putting it you know it's it's, it, it, is, it is well because if you especially if everyone can really read and you know it should all come together and if yep. everything's come together but the bass player is like <laughs> clank, clank, yeah. clanking away yeah, you know yeah. then it, it it can be um be embarrassing you yep. know yeah but uh you know like so and it was it was weird because I, I knew that I was, I you know if I just had five, you know if, even just like thirty seconds to kind of look over which you don't get that luxury if you they throw charts down in front of you at a gig or you know in a big rehearsal there's a lot of people and I'm you know like a, a the pressure's on. You sort of have that panic moment, but if you have like thirty, you know if I just had thirty seconds to kind of look down at it and kind of get it and then kind of. Like absorb it and then go. Oh, cool! It would make it suddenly. It would read down it more easily. And I was like, "Wow, this is just purely because I don't do it." Yeah. You know, I literally, I hadn't, I hadn't done any proper reading gigs. 
Like oh, I could, I've done a handful of them yep. in, in like 17 years, you know, yeah, I've, been, right. I've been pro for, for over 25, yep. you know, I'm sort of getting up to 27 yeah. soon, uh-huh. um, you know, since I've been doing paid gigs yep. and there was a good maybe 17 year gap where I, I did a handful of reading gigs and everything else was, you know, if I wanted to write my own charts, I could, but generally I would just sort of try to learn stuff down. Mm-hmm just do a like a few few cheats on the on the set list and then just have that on the floor and then I'd kind of try to vibe out with the band and let my ears let my ears do it and yep. and you know have it was just so much more fun as a musician yep. but more connected yep. than just being sort of head in the chart gotcha. you know I sort of never really enjoyed that yeah but anyway I felt pretty bad about the fact that I let that particular skill kind of die and then out of the blue the the owner from the club and the a guy called James Ryan, who, who runs, uh, James runs the Sonic Mates, his band. Yep. A lot of his arrangements and charts and a few other members of the band. Yep. They, they were looking for a bass player and I was like, you know, it was like a jazz orchestra. And I was like, uh, you know, playing kind of original and, you know, crazy arrangements and and uh, they asked me to join, to, to come and play in the band. And they were doing every Monday night for a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, Wow. Uh, this could be full on, you know, and I'd seen them and I was like, so the, ch- you know, the chart sounded crazy, like yeah. a pretty crazy arrangement. Mm. And I was like, you know what, this would be good for me, you know, and it's, it's literally a few doors down from where I live. So, right. so I jumped in and did it and, and sure, sure enough, like it actually was amazing. Kicked your ass. And- yeah. And yeah. It, you know, the band ends up, the ends up, ends up being sort of 50, 50. There's a lot of improvisation and arrangement in there. Yep. So it ends up being a pretty crazy ride um, that I enjoy very much. There's great musicians in there, great horn players. It's sort of playing in a way that I don't really play mm-hmm. with other groups. So it's sort of, you know, not, I don't really get called for jazz gigs yep. anymore, even though I love playing jazz. Yep. I truly, truly do. I still yep. listen to it. I still love playing standards and yep. stuff. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, this is, this is kind of, it's a pretty eclectic band. Some of the stuff kind of is, kind of funky and and then you know then you go into you know sort of more straight ahead jazz things but gotcha. you know stupid fast and stupid slow things and yep. you know like and uh, it was a real challenge and my reading got you know definitely got better like yeah. you know like now i i don't have you know don't have like the the panic attack when i yeah. if it's someone cool. puts a chart in front of me anymore i was it's like yeah. Yeah. and now we only do it once a month now but i it's a um it's that's a that's uh, you know it's a fun band that's yeah great. so we so that's down there as well we did like awesome. the first Wednesday of the month that's great down there yeah cool and you're currently playing a Delta's band is that right I am yeah yep. well, yeah we're not doing too we don't do too many shows with her we yep. sort of did it we start we kicked off with an Australian tour and then we've done a few pretty big kind of events yep. with her mm-hmm. uh, but that's a that's a that's a pretty mean band too yeah oh yeah yeah. Buddy and Daryl yep. and Matt on guitar and the Musket Sisters singing and stuff. Mm-hmm. We all sing as well. Oh, that's so. awesome. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's been um, pretty 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 cool, you know. Yeah. I never thought I'd be in Delta's band, but yeah, you know, yeah. like I ended up through my my mate Daryl. Daryl gave me a call and I was like, yep. Wow, okay. Yeah, let's do it, you know. That's and we we ended up they just um, released a DVD of the tour and man. Oh right, pretty, okay. Yeah. Pretty proud proud of how that how it sounds, you know. It's okay. a pretty amazing sh- visual show but um it sounds pretty massive mm-hmm. as well musically cool big big vocal kind of vibe and yeah yeah we sort of 
yeah, we sound, we sound pretty tight. That's great. That's really cool. <laughs> almost forgot. Like I yeah, forgot yeah. I was, we did it, and then it was you know it was a well, year and a half was, before right. before we sort of we even I even remembered that it was like that they were even talking about sort of a DVD. Right, and, right, right. And then there's yeah, so that's that's come out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Cool. So you're playing with uh, Karen Lee. Yeah, Karen Lee Andrews. Yep, yeah, Karen yeah. Andrews. Yep. Yeah. She, um, Who, for people that don't know, is um, Miss Murphy. Yeah, yeah. She's she was um, on the Voice, and she entered the Voice under the name of Miss Murphy. Yep. And ended up getting signed and and, get, and yeah, 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 and got the a name got, got type the, thing. Yeah, yeah, and got and got a whole thing under that name. I understand. Which um, came to an end a few years ago. Yep. Um, and did they take the name? Did they? Well, they didn't take it. Oh, okay. I, I right. think. Uh, I think it was hers to start with. I okay. think. I think what really, you know, she's just going back to her name, and right, kind okay. of you know, gotcha. You know, being more herself. I, I yep. believe you know that's what's um, what the main thing is for her. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's such an, an awesome talent. There's another she one. Is, yeah. Yeah, we look another incredible, incredible singer that, that yeah. I that I get to play with. Yeah. Um. You know, we were on, we were on the actually we were on the last album that she did as Miss Murphy. Oh, yeah. Which was this album called Dirty Soul, which completely kicked on. I said, like, oh, I love, I actually really love what we did on that album, and she sounds amazing on it. And then um, her record, sort of, she ended the relationship with her record label and management, and there was a kind of a big gap. And um, and then she sort of came back to us after like a couple of years, and said, like, I've got, I've got songs for an EP, and then we went and recorded it. At um at Barnsley's at Barnsley's place, mm-hmm. which is amazing, mm-hmm. yeah, like incredible incredible studio in, in there, and uh, and it was and it came out beautiful as well. Like you know, she's just got an amazing sort of presence, and her yep. voice is just you know uh, is I love playing for her and singing with her. I love just listening to listening to her. So. Um, yeah, she's an amazing talent. I feel very fortunate, and we 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 got an Australian tour kind of coming up, but mainly East Coast. Yep. Um, in November. Yep. So and that actually kicks off at Lazy Bones. Cool. And who's who's in that band? Uh, so it's myself. We mainly we're mainly doing it trio. So it's myself yep. and Yanya Boston on drums. Yep. Uh, with her and she's playing guitar. Yep. And uh, but at Lazy Bones, I think we've got a couple of extra extra crew on. So we might have Rafi on. Yep. Yep. Um, on, on doing like lead guitar. Yep. And I'm not sure we might have a keys player as well. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who that is yet. So, but uh, either way, like it's it's mainly the gigs that we've been doing. Um, have been trio sort of sets. We did the Broad Beach Blues Festival and yep, and we did Sydney Guitar Festival. Done it, did it as as a trio. We've done um a little residency downstairs in the small room at Lazy Bones, which just killed. We just mm-hmm. packed it out at pretty much every time, and we're doing that again in January as well. Every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And the small room at Lazy Bones. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful small room down there. Mm-hmm. Fits about fifty people. Yeah, nice. and it's super intimate. Yeah, yeah. And um, we do the trio thing down there. Yep. Um, and it was like it was amazing last time. Can't wait to do it again. We've got this tour in November, which are you know, Brizzy, Melbourne, Sydney, and a couple of other, couple of other spots, kind of more regional spots. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's a, she's an amazing artist, and I'm truly. Happy to be working with at the moment. Yeah, yeah she's cool. she's wonderful. Cool. Um, so a couple of your sort of covers gigs that you do. You've been a member of Sweet Ass for quite a while now. 
Yeah, which is probably the first, first time I saw you play. Uh, five years, yeah. Five years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and now you've also got Toru. Toru is really a a, a, a spin off of the sweet ass thing. Basically, yep. you know, we yep. kind of yep. go through kind of busy. You know, you're the ebb and flow of the music scene. You sure. know, like you go through busy times and more quiet times, and yep. um, you know, like where I'm, I rely mate mainly on gigging as 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 my income. So. Yep. You know, I can't really afford to sort of, you know, like it, that's a larger band and we play so well together as a trio, like the, you know, bass, guitar, drums mm -hmm. thing. And we all sing as well. We sort of were like, oh, let's, let's do a few gigs, doing some like old school stuff yeah, yeah. and a bit more blues and yeah. rock and reggae and, and yeah. you know, doing, doing stuff. And we started sort of dropping in a few gigs and it, yeah. Started feeling really good. It's fucking and, and, great, and man. Better, thanks, man. Yeah, oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, we we we. Oh, yeah, and we, you play you played lead bass in that. You yeah. play lead bass. <laughs> I saw you well, take I, off on Saturday. The, 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 awesome. the, the thing is, the thing is, is like my favorite kind of, my favorite kind of, um, kind of ensemble to play in is I think is guitar trio. Yeah. Um, because the bass, I think the, that's where the bass really gets quite a lot of, kind of freedom. Yeah. And. You know, especially if the if the rest of the band's kind of open, and obviously your bass player is able to kind of open it up a little bit. You know, it can be a kind of pretty cool yeah. sort of throw throw it around vibe. Absolutely, and yeah. you know, we sort of throw around the vocals, and yep. we'll have a crack. Yeah. You know, like musically as well. Because you predominantly sing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Shane. It's yeah, me and Shane. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and yep. Shane. Tony. Uh, yeah, we 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 still we share it, but I, you know, like, I, he gets to sit up the back. So yeah. Guess he gets to sort of like he gets to hide behind his yeah. symbols. Yeah, 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 bloody drummers, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always throw, I always, you know, I always try to throw like literally do go song for song, but sometimes okay. we sometimes we don't. Sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. I love playing with um, uh, with Sweet As too. You know, yeah. like it's yeah, it's, it really feels like the sort of family band. You know, yeah. like you, you know, everyone's gets on really well. Everyone's really good at what they do, yeah, that's right. and uh, and it's a great. We kind of you know we work hard, we do, we do our job well, yeah, you know, mm. and but we have we have we have massive laughs while we're yeah, at it, yeah, you know, yeah, you know everyone's everyone's having fun, you know, like it, yeah. it's a band it's a band to party to, and yeah, it's a the band, 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 the band, band that loves to kill, yeah, the band, yeah, the band, <laughs> the band likes to party as well, yeah, it's awesome. but yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, like it's it's good to have like a a, a local. You know, gig that's solid. They're solid too. They've been around for so long. Yep. You know, and uh, you know, it's a, It just feels. You know, it can feel pretty. Uh, you know, the music industry and the scene can feel pretty nebulous sometimes, work wise, especially if you're freelancing. You know, like and yep. things drop away, and the the kind of the landscape changes. Like in Sydney, has changed drastically over the last sort of mm. five years. Yeah. Um. You know, the lockouts and just completely. Yeah, do you want to? Should we talk? You want to talk about that for yeah, a little bit? Yeah, we can talk yeah. about that. Don't get me, don't get me going too hard, mate. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like you know, it's changed. It's changed. It very much has changed since I got here. I mean, I've been here since the end of two thousand and five. So, mm -hmm. so you know, really two thousand and six. Yep. You know, it's twelve years, nearly nearly thirteen years, yep. and the last five, it's I've, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Mm. You know, in 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 the the Perth music scene, the Melbourne music scene. Mm. Um, Sydney music scene, having spent good chunks of time in each, yeah, kind of getting to know everybody that's in it and stuff, you know. Um, Sydney's, you know, 
a big place and it's hard to get the Nova on because it's so spread out and mm-hmm. it was already quite hard because the gigs are so, the, you know, everything's so sort of spread out. It's yep. really hard to, you can kind of like miss a lot of stuff but then for them to put such a, such a gnarly kind of like inner city sort of like. Yeah, for the people that don't, don't know what we're talking about, Sydney brought in these lockout laws how long ago? Five years ago? So, yes, nearly five years ago. And nearly it was five years brought ago. on by, by pressure. There was some sort of one-punch assaults and stuff going on. Yeah, well, there, were, there were two, there were there two, 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 two main ones. Two, two, two young fellas that, yep. that, that got punched and, and, and died. Yep. Um, but it was like, these were all at 9.30 at night. These yep. were outside of venues. Yep. You know, these were... Back you know, there was. But uh, really, really, it, what it kind of boiled down to was it was actually, I think it was pretty much just a land grab, and trying to redirect mm. redirect traffic to, um, basically casino land down around Darling Harbour, ah. you know, the Star, and also the the newly forming Brangaroo and the Crown. Ah, so right. that's 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 essentially, I think you know, like a you make a whole heap of money off, off of selling off all those properties, all those clubs and venues can become. Residential, you know, mm. and like rentable, dividable, rentable spaces, gotcha. and re- you know redevelop them into into blocks, which obviously Sydney loves their flat blocks, mm. um, and and then also redirect, you know, most of Sydney down to basically Brangaroo, yep. the New Crown, and yep. and basically the Star, yep. and all that area where they can sort of you know, I don't know. The, all you can really think of is it's about, it's about kind of gambling and sort of the money that they make from gambling essentially and that they weren't getting enough of their kickback from, you know, having a nightlife area like the Cross or even in the city, you know, so it just it's made it impossible for any of the venues to kind of survive. Like, you know, I think it's an unprecedented amount of, like, venues, particularly live mu- music venues, um, sort of targeted, you know, under the guise of, Oh, it's you know there's alcohol fueled sort of violent behaviour, mm. and let's shut the whole thing down, mm. make sure everyone get goes to bed as early as possible. Now it's just you know, it's people just don't want to come in the city anymore, yeah. you know, because it's it's a drag. It's the tra- transport's terrible, mm. <laughs> you know. Like, it's and it's just, the creative fear as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. This fear that you know, right. people think that these people that. Have been moved away from Kings they've Cross and made, these other areas now, and they've actually made a lot of these areas more dangerous because yeah, you know yeah. now now in the city it's dead, it's dead. You know, like you can walk down the streets of the city, you know, after midnight, and it's just a ghost town. And so I think that's more dangerous than yeah than, than having heaps of people on the street, yeah, yeah. whether they're sober or drunk or whatever. You yeah, know, like I, I don't think it's you know anyway. It's you know the, it wasn't it definitely wasn't the right thing to do, and it definitely wasn't I um about any kids dying from getting punched, you know, getting getting king hit and hitting their head on the concrete. Yep. Um, there were probably other things that they could have done to kind of curb that kind of violence. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely did, definitely didn't involve closing every nightclub and live music venue, you know, which is yep. what they indirectly did by basically shortening the hours that they could operate. Yep. So it made it completely unviable for them to um, support. Uh, in particular, live music and like yep. you know, rest restaurants have been going for yeah. decades. Yeah, they're yeah. closed. Yep. You know, the entire nightlife of the city, like Kings Cross and the city, got just decimated. You know, um, and it pushed it out to other areas like you know Newtown, Marrickville, yep. 
they've got a bit of a vibe. But now the problem is because they're developing all those areas, there's um, all the these new little spots are getting shut down from noise complaints. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's you know it's a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty strange climate. But um, you know like you know like I said you know playing with the you know you know there's there's a bunch of us that are still gigging pretty hard yeah, you know yeah. like we're still we're not going anywhere no, no, no. um you know everybody's sort of trying their hardest but um you know it's you just got to kind of adapt to those the situation really you know there's a lot of people leaving there's a lot of people leaving for melbourne yep. melbourne's just gone from strength to strength a lot of people going north too yes and they do yeah, yes i've got a lot of good friends that that have gone like north you know northern new south wales and mm -hmm. Goldie and Brizzy Goldie, and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, just to, you know, take a bit of pressure off financially and, yep. you know, it's a kind of, it's a bit more, a bit more welcoming yep. in terms of like, yep. you know, what's happening in yep. terms of like live music culture and yep. band culture and stuff like yep. that. Yep. So yeah, it's been pretty tough here, you know. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that really want it to happen. Um, you know, we've, we're in contact with venues that really want it, want it to happen. Uh, but they're just fighting the licensing cops all the way, like you know, you know, just all of them, like all of them, even are doing doing everything as much as they can by the book, you know, to make it happen. They're still getting, you know, you know, licensing cops come through with dogs and come through with this and that and nitpicking at that and, you know, holding the general manager out in front of the venue f for an hour while they're peeking upstairs when he needs to be working and, you know, like working the bar and you know, like you know, it's sort of, it's sort of really stupid. Really stupid, really stupid things. Just harassing kind of people are just trying to kind of keep the nightlife going here. And you know, it's a, it's been pretty, been pretty strange. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I feel like we, you know, maybe we, we're seeing the end of it, but we still haven't got that. That government is still in power, so. Yep. You know, and they're not changing anything. Mm -hmm. It's just the the scene is kind of adapting and, and kind of trying to, trying to duck and weave. People everything get, but people it, will kind of get used to it yeah but it's yep. yeah like this you know this you know hopefully that someone's got to give soon yeah you know mm. and um and i hope it does yeah well you guys are doing the right thing especially you know holding your nights well we just try to, stuff like that and just, yeah we try our best man like yeah. everyone's sort of you know i've got a lot of friends that are you know super proactive they kind of go okay well you know if there's if there's no gig you can't just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Like, you know, like I've always, I've always kind of yeah. had that mentality anyway, um, professionally. Like yeah. You cannot just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Yeah. You know, the phone's not just going to ring. You know, you yeah. need to kind of um, give it a reason to ring. Yeah. And that and it sounds of, like you've put yourself in all these different musical situations as well, which, you know. Yeah, I've always sort of spread myself pretty broad. Yeah, yeah, you're not just... To, 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 to make sure that, you know, like, if it sort of dies off in one area, then yep, I'll kind of yep. try to pick up in another area, you yep. know, so, um, and it's more, it's as important as ever now, you know, like, I've got family and stuff, so, you know, I've got to, got to keep it as consistent as possible, but, yep. yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I, I, I'm personally, I'm very lucky, and I can't complain about, you know, the, because the, I'm, I've been, Especially across this last winter, you know, like it's been really busy for me locally. Um, you know, I'm sort of, you know, I'm very thankful. Mm -hmm. you know? But I've definitely put a lot of, um, I, you know, I've thrown a lot of lines out of the years. Yeah, you've and, you know, like, you know, you kind of, you kind of create things, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, think some of those things maybe 
years down the track coming to fruition. But you know, you got to very seriously think about what you, what it is you would like to do yeah. within the industry, mm-hmm. what you would like to do musically, mm-hmm. and try you know and do whatever you think it is that you should do because you know no one's got a crystal ball, mm-hmm. but you know do whatever it is you think you need to to to, to get yourself closer to that. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that I'm doing now is a result of things that I did. 10 years ago I know it I can you know yeah, yeah. it's very much yep. things are popping up or like you know I um, a f- my friend Ursula Jovic who's this amazing singer and actor um, she and I well she wrote a a play and she and I wrote music for that play make, making it a musical and you know there was a, it was a, across about four years that we did that, and there was a couple of years ago I thought, oh, this isn't going to happen, you know, like, this is just, we just wrote some cool tunes, and that's what we got out of this, you know, and then all of a sudden it got um, picked up by Belvoir Street Theatre last, at the end of last year, and it was, ended up being like a hit, and like, you know, we had this amazing, thing. it was called Barbara and the Camp Dogs, and it's going to be touring from February next year for five months. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's just, well, that's, that's an amazing thing, like, yeah. and that was something that, you know, Literally, we'd been writing songs, and she was like, "Hey, bro, you can. You feel about writing some? I've written, kind of written a character, and a got a, a play in mind. You want to write some songs for this character? She's like this rock chick, and you know, she's got a bit of an attitude, you know, a bit a bit angry. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I would love to do that. That would be amazing. Let's go. And we literally wrote a tune right then and there on my front step, you know, and and that was that was like literally it was like about four years till the actual show happened right. you know and the first couple of years we kind of there was a few workshops and stuff and then yep. then there was no vibe at all yeah, nothing yeah. happened for a yeah. big chunk of time we yep. literally thought nothing was happening mm-hmm. and then you know all of a sudden they were like oh yeah they've, they've picked it up and we started working on it again and awesome. you know and when it happened and now it's still going you know it's yeah. going to kick off again next year yeah. so you know that's you know these things these are things that you you put energy in you know, trying to move forward and kind of go, move towards something that you really yep. like to do. And you hope that um, at some point, you know, it pays off, you know, like, yeah. but you need to, you need to, you need to make the move first. You can, you know, no one's going to make the move for you, yeah. kind of thing. So being kind of proactive in the music scene and not sitting around waiting for the phone to ring is very important, I think, to give you, I think, give you longevity. That's and a, to to survive, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fucking fantastic closing message. Yeah, right. and I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome, man. And I, I um, myself and everybody else, I'm sure, appreciates what you do. And yeah, it's just it's thanks, great to have you on the scene, man. And and thanks for being part of the podcast today. Thanks, brother. Cheers. And, Thank um, you for having me, man. It's been great. Okay, all good. Cheers. Adam and Thanks very much, man. Thanks, Debbie. Awesome, bro. Cheers. Bro.